0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we are in a series of winning. Amen? The title of it is Born to Win. And uh, praise God, the uh, main verse that we're using, the main text is 1 John 5, 4 and 5. And if you want to turn there, you can. And uh, it says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So uh, you begin to win when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen? That puts us on the road of winning. But even though we are on the road of winning when we receive Christ, we still have to do some things in our spiritual walk, Amen. And you know the Bible actually says even though we can be um, ha- have a relationship with Jesus, we still can lose in some parts of our lives. Isn't that right? There's areas in our life that the that the devil wants to try to gain some momentum in. So you, you got to understand this: that when you get up, you are in a war. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that they think, yeah, we we are soldiers. In the kingdom of God. So there's a, there's a constant battle going on constantly. And really what the battle is, is for, for you not to fellowship with the Father. That is the constant battle. It's for the, for the enemy to get us in a place where we get so distracted, we don't have time. And, and I'm talking to you uh, about prayer today, and uh, that we don't have time to pray. And I'm, I'm going to say this, you should always make time to pray. Amen. Because really, um, if you see a powerful Christian or a powerful church, you, you, you have to realize that it's powerful prayer behind the powerful church. In other words, there's nothing we can do without a fervent living relationship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. And so a lot of times what religion wants to do is religion wants to make everything religious. So, you know, I'm going to be talking to you about the Lord's Prayer today, and you have denominations that recite the Lord's Prayer, but, but it's just reciting it, but it doesn't mean anything. It's just a, a rote um, saying, and you just say it out of religion, but there's nothing, there's no heart behind it, and, uh, and so I really believe the Lord's Prayer, we're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer today as a pattern to pray so it's more than just praying the Lord's Prayer. It's using parts of the Lord's Prayer as a pattern for our praying. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I like to, I like to have a schematic or, or a plan when I pray. Amen? I, I like to know that I'm doing the way Jesus would do it. And so we see here that the Lord's Prayer is actually mentioned in two books uh, of the Bible. It's mentioned in Luke and in Matthew. And if you look at Luke, um, you you, you find in Luke uh, chapter 11, verse 1 and 4, and and it says here, Now it came to pass as he was praying, talking about Jesus, in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So I'm going to say this. uh, When you read the Bible, you can just get a, a little revelation off just a little bit of what you read. You don't have to just... You know, we sometimes we need to slow down every once in a while. Sometimes we want to just read the Bible and just get through it. And right here, when you read this, you find that it says that Jesus was in that place of prayer. Amen. In other words, it sounds like to me that Jesus had a custom or a daily habit of praying. It seemed that way. And I'm going to say this to you, if Jesus, the Son of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit unlimited, had to pray. What about us? Do you think, now we have the Holy Spirit in a limited measure. He had the Holy Spirit in an unlimited measure, but he still had to pray. So when you think about that, you think about, well, maybe I should be praying. Amen. Maybe I should be getting into the presence of God. See, if you're finding yourself stressed out through the week, you're finding yourself, you know, not walking in the fruit of the spirit, getting upset and angry. I would have to say you may not be spending enough time with the father because when we spend time with God, hopefully um, we start taking on his character. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, the whole goal, really, in prayer, it's not just to get your your prayers answered, and that's one of the goals. But it's for us to be transformed in God's likeness. And I don't know about you, but if I'm put, if I'm by myself without God, I'm going to self-destruct. I like to say this: God saved me, but He saved me more than from saved me more than from the devil and the wrath to come. He saved me from myself. Oh, I'm preaching this morning, because I'm telling you, we can get our own... Have you ever got yourself messed up? <laughs> Have you ever just stepped in it? <laughs> are you Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And uh, and I'm telling you, man, if, I, if it wasn't for God... I like to say this, God makes me better. Amen. The devil makes me worse. <laughs> and, and flesh makes you bad, amen? So God really wants to make us good. So So he wants us... Uh, reflecting his glory. So part of prayer is, is getting into a place where we get so much of God that we start looking like God. Okay, I'm, well, Pastor, you're really getting out there now. Well, we sure don't want to look like the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't want to, we don't want to emulate the devil. Some of us do at times. Okay, we won't go there. <laughs> sometimes we do, we lose, you know, like I said, sometimes I fly off the handle. Has anybody ever, f- and I said, where does that term come from, fly off the handle? I was asking my wife that the other day, and uh, we looked it up, and that's when you're, it's, it, it's a term that, that this man coined um, by, with a hatchet. And sometimes, that, in the old days, a hatchet sometimes will, it's not hooked in to the wood, and it will fly Right. When you're swinging it. So what does that mean? When we fly off the handle, we can hurt some people and maybe we can hurt ourselves. In other words, we have to learn to control ourselves. That's what the Incredible Hulk had a problem with. He had a problem with controlling his anger. Remember that? Anybody ever watch the Marvel movies? And, and and remember, Captain America said to him, "You know, now is you know it's he's he's little Bruce, Bruce Banner. He's just the man, has no power." He said, "And then, and the enemy's coming in." He says, "Now it might be time for you to get angry." And uh, and then Bruce says, "This is my secret. I'm always angry." <laughs> and he turns into an Incredible Remember that? Well, some some of us are just always angry. Are you listening around? We get up with an attitude. We walk around with an attitude. We got a chip on our shoulder. We're waiting for somebody to knock the block off our shoulder. We are ready. Come on. You're not going to step on me today. Amen. And so we got to be very careful that we're just not always angry. Amen. And that, that's not a part of our makeup. Amen. Uh, I really believe the greatest part of God's character is not his judgment. A lot of people say, oh, he's the ju- just judge, and he is. But it, it, the greatest part of God's character is his mercy. Yeah. Think about that. It's his mercy because the Bible says, James got a revelation of that. He says, mercy triumphs over judgment. So really, God is more merciful than he is in, in judging our actions, Amen. So God leans more on mercy than can I get Amen. Uh, Amen. Ooh, Amen. glory to God on that, because you know what? I make mistakes every day. I mean, I, I mess up. Not, I, I try to mess up less and less, but every once in a while I just don't do it right. Amen. But thank God for First John one nine. We can confess and get forgiveness. So we're talking to you today. We're talking to you today about the Lord's Prayer, and it's a pattern. And, you know, I thought about I could run through this really quick and get the Lord's Prayer done and move to the next thing. But I feel the Lord wants me to break it up and take some time because I think this first part is probably one of the most important parts of the prayer so as we see this, I'm going to read through the Lord's Prayer. It's it's in Luke and in Matthew. Let me just drop down to Matthew 6, 9, and 13. Because I like in Matthew, it adds, you know, a little bit more to the prayer. And he says this, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and glory. I like that part, forever and ever, amen? Now, Luke, Luke, uh, when he wrote, he kind of just made it a little shorter, amen? But I like the the part that that God's kingdom is thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. It kind of reinforces God's power and his glory on this earth. So when we look at this, and let's just, let's just break this down a little bit. When, when he says, Jesus said, we need to pray our Father. I love that. Um, God is not just, you know, just judge, and he is. And, uh, but he is, to the world, like I always say, he's God. You know, remember when Jesus was on the cross and he said, God, my God, my God. But, but before that, Jesus is always talking about God as his father. Why didn't he say, my father, my father? <laughs> why, would it, why would it change? Because, because God had to turn away because he, was, he became sin. And God had to turn away. And then Jesus was crying out as if a sinner would cry out, God. But we don't cry out, God. Now, we do at times. But we should be crying out. Heavenly Father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why do we want to do that? Because we want to remind ourselves, hallelujah, that that God is not just, just, just judge, but he's our Heavenly Father. And we are not just servants. We're not Old Testament servants. No, we're sons and daughters. Can I get a witness in the house today of the Most High God? Are you listening to what I'm saying? We got to get a revelation of this, because if we don't get this revelation, we're just going to if we just have a revelation that God is just God. And I hear people, you know, pray all the time. Oh, God, do this. And even preachers, I'm saying, no, it should be Heavenly Father. That's how that's how um, that's how Jesus approached God. He said, Heavenly Father. And this is amazing to me. In the Old Testament, God was never, you know, called Father, until the New Testament, and then Jesus is walking around and he's talking about God is Father, and I know that the uh, that the uh, that the uh, uh, Pharisees are getting upset about that because they say, "Man, you're making you know uh, you know you're saying God's your Father, and you're making yourself out just to be just like God," and they were angry at religious people get angry when you have a relationship with God. Religious people don't like you having a joyful relationship with the father. Religious people don't even like you saying, "Oh, I heard from God last week." What well, you heard from God? What are you talking about? You heard from God. God is way, you're a worm in the dust. What are you talking about? God's way up here and you're way down there. That's what religion says. But thank God, my Bible Bible doesn't say that. Jesus came to bring us into equal relationship that he had with the Father that we can have also. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus had an amazing relationship with with the Father. And really, in prayer, we should be developing our relationship where we have an amazing relationship with the Father. So let's look at uh, Romans 8, 15, and 17. And I love this because I just want to kind of focus a little bit on the fatherhood of God. And I like this, what it says in Romans 8, 15 through 17. This is Paul getting the revelation of our sonship. And he says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we see here that when we receive Christ, that that we have been adopted into the family, and we get a revelation, and the Holy Spirit will remind us that we belong to him, that we belong to God. In other words, we need to know who we are and whose we are. Can I say that again? We need to know who we are, In other words, we're sons and daughters of the Most High. And we need to know whose we are. We belong to God. And when you start walking out that truth and that reality, ooh, man, your faith is going to fly so high. Amen? You believe that today? And so we see this, that that John has a similar revelation. Um, We see this, this is our positional authority, that we're children of God. And then we see in 1 John 3, 1 and 3, Uh, This is the apostle uh, John that walked with Jesus, that he was the disciple who said that Jesus is the one that that loved him the most. Amen. So uh, he had a great relationship with Jesus. And And he says in 1 John 3, 1 and 3, he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, And it has not yet been revealed that we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So here, this is saying here what I was saying a little earlier, that, that when we get a revelation that God is our father and we spend time with him, we'll come to a point where we'll be just like him. That's what John is saying here. We will start reflecting the character of God. Some of us, what we're trying to do is we're trying to force the fruit. In other words, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to walk in the, the fruit, right? We're trying to force. We're trying. I love you with the love of the Lord. You know, God loves you and I'm trying. Right. And uh, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're, you're you're just grinding through it, trying to love people, you know, and it, it ends up being hypocritical love. But see, my Bible says that if you're going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, what do you have to do? You don't, you, you don't force fruit. You abide in Him. Amen. Amen. And so just the very thing in abiding in Him, it will make you a nicer person. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Because some of us sometimes, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for God, I, I wouldn't be that nice. God makes me nice. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Anybody struggle in the nicest, the nice care category? Like I always say when I'm driving, I'm I, I, I'm not. I, I, oh, man. glory! To God. I have to pray for people. Amen. Especially myself. Like people are stopping and they're not moving. And amen. Amen. Maybe I need to stop being in a hurry. Glory to God. Love is patient. Amen. amen. So I got to learn to be patient. Amen. If you're out of patience, I get you're out of love. Okay, we'll continue. God's speaking to me this morning. So so I like this. So let's look at this. So so we're talking about that when we approach God in prayer, we approach Him as our Heavenly Father. We get a revelation that we're his child. Then, then Jesus said, Hallowed be thy name. And hallowed or or another way of saying it, holy be thy name. Holy. And so we see that God is holy. So when we approach God, we're not flip it in our in our Ways with God. In other words, we have a holy reverence of God. In other words, we when we approach Him, we, you know, yes, He's our Father, but we need to approach Him that uh, in awe. What do I mean by that? In awe. It means that He's He's amazing, that He's the glorious God, that He's He's unique and one of a kind, and and He's 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 the amazing God. Amen. And that he's great and majestic. And so we, what I really believe when we, when we start our prayers out, not only do we start off by saying the Heavenly Father, we start off by praising him. Yeah. We start off by giving him glory. That I'm telling you, that is a pattern for all prayer. Give God some glory. Yeah. Sometimes we just come to God and say, this is my list of things, God, I need. Make it happen, and I'm out of here. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Uh, here's my list. Yeah, you know, that. You know it's good to have a list. Lord, you see all the problems I got. Get me out of here, Maranatha. You know, come quickly. I don't care about everybody else that's going to die and go to hell. You know, get me out of here. Amen. Well, maybe God might be waiting for some of your lost relatives that you've been praying for. Amen. To come in. Not that you've been talking about. Okay, we'll continue. Amen. So, so we, need to, we need to get that revelation. So the phrase, hallowed by thy name, is meant to remind us that God is perfect, pure, holy, and worthy of all praise and honor. It is a way to echo angels in heaven who declare blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might to our God forever and ever. Revelation seven twelve. 12 so, so right there, the, the angels would say blessing, glory wisdom, power, and honor to God. If the angels could say that, are you saying that? Amen. Amen. Are you giving God some glory? Are you getting up and praising God? Yeah, maybe, maybe you got some pain in your body, but are you praising Him for what doesn't hurt? <laughs> Amen. 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 I, there's always something that we could focus on that's negative. There's always something that we can, we can look at that's not right. But I think that we first need to look at what's right, especially in our prayer time. Amen? And like I said last week, I said you can pray wrong and you can pray right. Remember that? And I said that if you pray and God's will is his word. And I said, you know, the Bible says that, that healing is God's will. And we all know that because of the great commission that Jesus tells us to go pray for the sick and they shall recover. Not they might or maybe, or if God's in a good mood. So, so, so if that's the great commission, that tells me it's God's will to heal people. Right? So if it's God's will, and I said, remember, if you pray and you're praying for somebody, and you said, Lord, heal this person if it be thy will. Well, that's, that's, that's not a prayer of faith. That's a prayer of unbelief because you're saying, I don't know God's will. So, how, so you're not really praying in faith. See, faith makes prayer work. I'm going to say that again. It's not doubt and unbelief. Amen. It's faith that makes prayer work. And you got to pray in faith. Amen. Not a, I'm hoping and a wishing and a maybe. You know, it's not like a crapshoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully God hears my prayer. Hopefully it works out, you know. No, no, it's going to work out. Amen. Because he's hearing your prayers. Amen. And so we got to get that revelation that, that, that God is... is Hearing our prayers. He wants a fellowship with us. And we got to get that praise in that proper perspective. That's the reason why we, when we start our worship, when we start, this is called a worship service, by the way. We call it a worship service. Even though I preach and we have prayer and all that. And we start out church and all churches start out, mostly all churches start out, praising and worshiping God. And we start out praising and worshiping worshiping God and we end praising and worshiping God. And maybe we might need to do a praise break right in the middle. Amen. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So why why do we do that? Why do we do that? Because we took Lucifer's position. See, Lucifer was the archangel of God. And some theologians say he was he was built and created with pipes and all these musical abilities. And some say that he was the worship leader of heaven. That he was the one that, that brought worship to God. That brought God great glory. And so when he tried to usurp his power over God, God said, you're out, man is in. <laughs> in other words, God created us for his glory. He created us to fellowship with us. But but in that process of fellowship, he, he wants us... To focus on his bigness and his goodness in prayer. And when we do that, our problems shrink down. And, our, and the promises get bigger. See, see, if you're in fear today, if you're in doubt and unbelief today, then your God is small. Mm, I'm. Oh, did I say that today? Then your God that you serve is small. What pastor? What are you saying that I can't can't be scared? I'm saying don't you don't stay in fear. I said because fear will rob doubt will rob you of God's greater blessings in your life. And if you're staying in fear, then if you're operating in fear, then you can't please God because you can only please God by faith. See, the devil operates in fear. That's his mode of operation. So the devil, all he can do is he, he can calculate, you know, the devil's been around man, and, and so he, he knows numbers, and he knows what man has done, and he can figure out some things through, through statistics and all that, you know what I'm saying? They, they do that through investing, they do all these statistical analysis, and they can tell if an investment's going to go up or down, and the devil does the same thing, he looks at man, and he says, well, man, if I keep hitting him, and keep trying to get him to, 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 to get into sin, or do... That eventually seventy percent will go in. You know, see the devil is he's, he's a statistic devil, but we serve an impossible God, and God works above statistics. So where the odds may look like it's against us, Amen. It may look like all hell's coming against us. It may look like we're not going to make it. God can cause us to make it. God can raise us above the losing circumstances. In this world. Or can I get a witness in the house today? So even though the doctor says you're not going to make it. Well, that's not the final report. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? I, it, it, you know, you know, like, you know, people have faith in science. In, in, in medical science. But I'm going to say put your faith in God. Because medical science is always shifting. Remember, remember, they said at the very beginning when they when the uh, coronavirus came out, don't need to wear a mask. Uh, It's only for the the medical workers and it's you're good. And then then a little bit later, you got to wear a mask. Right. And then and then then they say six feet apart. And recently, you know, people that are coming in through our country, because we don't have a lot of borders that's being built up, uh, they have them put into places. Now they're saying, now you can go three feet apart. You know, and then they say you get a a vaccine and you're good. You don't have to wear a mask. Now they're saying you got to wear a mask. So everything is shifting and you put trust and confidence in the system. You better put trust and confidence in God's word because God's word never changes. But science seems to be always changing. They say you get a, a, a shot and you're good. And then people get shots and they still get Corona. You need a booster now. Do you know what I'm talking about? And you got faith in the system. You better have faith in God's system. You better have faith in God's word because God doesn't. Can I get on my soapbox today, my Lord Jesus? Are you hearing what I'm saying, uh, man? I'm getting some. Yeah, you're right, Pastor. Because I, I study everything out. I I just don't look at at one news source and say that's gospel. <laughs> are you hear? Some people are looking at one news source and say, "Well, that must be true." The news isn't truth. <laughs> They want to see how much fear that they can propagate so they can get more ratings. Amen. If it's not the Corona, they're going to be talking about, uh, you know, global warming. Amen. Now it's climate change. They had to change it because things were freezing over. So they couldn't call it global warming anymore. They got to call it climate change. And you know what? My Bible says the earth is not going to blow up until God blows it up. Oh, Until God destroys it. In other words, God ha- has a fail safe system. He already knows there's emissions in the air. He already knows that, and the earth is going to survive it. He knows that cows are going to pass gas, and the earth is going to survive it. See, I believe my Bible. God has control of the earth. So don't get in fear. Oh, my gosh, the earth is going to be be blown up and we're going to have too many people here in 10 years and all our resources are going to be done it's not going to ever happen to be at peace glory to God don't get so freaked out now I'm not saying don't prepare and maybe go ahead and you know if you want to get some food for seven I'm good with that if you want to wear a mask I'm not against that I'm not against any of that if that's where your faith is at I know where my faith is at amen Everybody has to stand on their faith and what they believe. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has a measure of faith and you've got to grow in faith. Don't shrink in faith. Grow in faith. Am I preaching to somebody? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm preaching myself happy. When pe- you know what I'm saying to you today? And so you've got to believe God. Yes, those things are good deterrents, but people still catch it. But you know what? Standing on the Word of God is the better deterrent. Amen. So we look at Psalms 100, and we see here, it says here, this is a great scripture in praise, because I'm talking about praise and worship. And we took Satan's place, and I believe that when we get to heaven, one of the main things we will be doing is praising God. One of the main things we're going to be doing is worshiping God. And if you don't like worship down here, oh... You're going to be very disappointed in heaven. If you don't like listening to worship, I can't stand worship. Then you might need to get saved. (laughs) Amen. Because, you know, that's what we're going to be doing part of the time in heaven. We're going to be doing other things. But part of the time, we're going to be worshiping God. It says in Psalms 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. You know, we're made of the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and he who's made us, and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Let's look at this one main main verse right here. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. Notice it talks about his mercy here. His mercy. His mercy, do you know his mercies are renewed every morning? Is that amazing? His mercy, God's always crying out, mercy, 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 man. I'm telling you, you get in God's presence, you start worshiping God, I'm telling you, you're going to have God's mercy. What what is his mercy? In essence, it's his grace. It's his power to protect you. It's his power to move you forward. It's his power to bring you out of all the junk the devil's trying to get you into. Amen. It's his power to deliver you and set you free. Amen. I like what it says in Psalms 34, 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord sometimes. Psalms 34, 1 and 2. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it. And be glad. So I like what, what the psalmist here is saying, that, that we should have constant praise in our mouth. When I'm working out, I like to listen to worship music. I, like to, I, want, I want an atmosphere of worship while I'm working out. Or, or if I'm doing something, uh, if I'm, especially if I'm doing something I don't like to do, like say I'm cleaning the kitchen, I've got to put worship on. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You know, Yin's not in, at the house. The, the kitchen's, uh, uh, you know, looked like, you know, a dinosaur wrecked it. And, uh, and so i got to put some worship music on why. It helps me. Uh, you, know, you ever had to have a hard job to do? Start worshiping God. Amen. And then pretty soon God's grace starts working. Hallelujah. And you're moving right through it. Glory to God. So what happens when we, a lot of times we pray and what prompts us to pray is the problem, right? What prompts us to get on, close to God is the issue that we're dealing with. And now, you know, when all else fails, pray. But I'm going to say this. We should pray before all else fails and nothing will fail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Today? But I thought, oh, man, you had, to, you had to get in. You had to fast. You mean you had to go fast for a day? My, things must be really bad. <laughs> yeah, You know, maybe we just need to fast just to get close to God. Amen. Maybe it doesn't have to be a, 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 some lawsuit that's coming against us. Maybe it doesn't have to be some, some medical problem that we're facing. Maybe we should just fast just to get close to God. Amen. Amen. In the book of Acts, it said they fasted. And they prayed in Acts chapter 13. It said they ministered to the Lord through prayer and minister to the Lord. Can we, peons, minister to a great, mighty God? Can anything we do give God pleasure? I mean, God doesn't need anything, right? He's the self-sufficient one. Glory to God. Yeah, he is. He's self-sufficient. Amen. Uh, He doesn't, in a sense, uh, you know, he exists before we ever existed. But he created us to exist with us. (laughs) See, he couldn't. See, God would not allow heaven not for us to be in it. He said, I can't exist without you, but I won't exist with. I won't. Exist without you. Oh, my Lord. Are you feeling the love this morning? Are you feeling how much God loves you? He said, I, 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 I can operate with angels, but angels bore me. <laughs> that They're not really created. Yes, they worship me, but it's already sort of in their DNA. But angels don't even operate in faith. You know, angels don't operate in faith. And faith pleases God. We operate in faith. God operates in faith. Angels don't have to operate in faith because they're in the presence of God all the time. See, we have to operate in faith because we don't see God. Sometimes we don't feel God. Sometimes things aren't, doesn't seem to be working. Or things look like they're getting worse. And we got to keep standing in faith. we got to act like God. When all things are falling apart... That's why we worship God. Why? To bring us back into faith because a prayer of fear doesn't work. So we got to get back in faith. God, you're the amazing God. You're the miracle working God. So what do we do? Well, James says it this way uh, in James 1 and 2. I really believe he's saying this about prayer. Consider it. Uh, this is the Amplified Classic. Consider it holy, joyful, my brethren, when you you are enveloped in encounter, uh in or encounter trials or any sort, or fall into various temptations. So he says, Con- consider it all joy or wholly joyful. Be assured and understand that the trial proving your faith will bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. Amen. Amen. So what is the trial designed to do? The trials designed to do is really to get us in fear. <clears throat> The crisis, it comes to us at times, and what is that crisis, what is is the devil trying to get this crisis to do? Well, he's trying to get us taken out, But, but the crisis is designed to put the person in fear. And if the person responds in fear, then they're crippled in their faith. Never say, what am I going to do? Oh, oh, everything's falling. I don't know what to do. Don't say that. You've got the Holy Spirit that will show you what to do. Don't ever say, oh, I, I'm at my wit's end. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm totally lost. You're not. You're found. Doesn't the Bible says he'll lead us and guide us into all truth? Doesn't the Bible says trust in the Lord with some of your heart? Lean on your uh, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And what will he do? Direct your path. So, so what do we need to do, we gotta understand that that the enemy is trying to put fear in some of us. Trying to get us to, to cower down in fear. And and if fear starts entering us in our in our God zone, then 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 we're gonna be crippled. The enemy is gonna control us, and we'll make decisions out of fear possibly wrong decisions, and we will speak things out of fear instead of speaking things out of faith, and then, then the devil is taking ground in our lives. You know, you can't just be a hearer of the word only. It amazes me. I have people come to church, and, they, and I preach faith all the time. And I say, you got to be a doer of the word. They hear the word, the crisis comes, and they don't do the word. They don't stand in the word. They don't believe the word. They believe science over the word. It's terrible, but you can't just be a hearer of the word. You're going to have to get up and start doing the word. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. It's the people that are blessed that does the word of God, not just hear the word of God. Say, oh, yes. Amen. And then they don't do it. Yes. Amen. I should walk in love to my brother. And then, they, and then they're hating on the road. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? They say, yes, amen, that's right. And they're acting like the devil all through the week. I mean, it's called a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I'm, I'm preaching today. So I'm preaching today. So we need, we need to keep praying. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to button this up because this is all about praise because this is the first part, and I really believe that that is going to be the key to get us into the presence of God. It's going to get us into the provision of God. It's going to get us into the promise of God. What? Praise. Amen. You could call this service the praise prayer. Amen. And so we see this in the Old Testament uh, in 2 Chronicles 20. Chapter 20, there's, there's a, a king, Jehoshaphat, and uh, he gets a report. And, and we're going to just read through 2 through 3, and then we're going to work our way down. He gets a bad report. And the bad report is there's three kings that, that have banded together and is going to destroy Israel. And he gets the word, these three kings, and these are three mighty armies that's coming against them. And he hears this, and his knees are knocking. He, you ever get a bad report and sometimes your knees start knocking? Why anyway, you get a little nervous. It's okay to get nervous in a little bit, but you better get out of nervousness. You better get out of that scared place. How do you get out of it again? By God, you're big. So we see here that, um, that here it says, in verse 2, Then some came, told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you beyond the sea from Syria, and they, they are in Hesion, Tamar. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. And then it says here, uh, dropping down, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly. They fasted. And, and, and now he's going to pray. And he said, and Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, and this is his prayer. N- Notice his prayer. This is important. He said, oh, Lord God, our father. Are you not God in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of nations in your hand? Is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? So we see this, that what he's doing in prayer is he's talking about the bigness of God. So what we do, sometimes we do this in reverse. We go to God and talk to him about the bigness of the problem. Oh, God. Do you see what I'm going through? My house, my roof is leaking. Do you see that my, my health is going down? And we, and we start off our prayer with the problem. But here, Jehoshaphat is saying, Lord, uh, you're, you're a big God. You're an amazing God. And he starts off by saying, oh, Lord, God, our father, you're you a God in heaven. You rule over all the kings of the nation. Your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. Lord. So what did he do? He was scared, but he was he was expanding the bigness of God. He was saying, God, you're mighty. God, there's nothing beyond your power. God, you're an awesome God. Yes, they just pronounced that I got cancer, but I'm going to pronounce Christ, the big C over the little C cancer. I'm going to believe God's word over the circumstances, and I'm going to start boasting about the bigness of God. And then it goes down to say that that they they fasted, he prayed this bold prayer and then, then God moved on a person to prophesy. And you know, we prophesy here in church too. The Holy Spirit can move on me at times to minister a word to you guys. And, and the prophecy said, you won't need to fight in this battle. For the battle is the Lord's and the victory is yours. Amen. And so you know what, that emboldened him. Now I've read this story many of times and I preached on this a few times. But I, I always thought that God told them... To send out the praise and worshipers out there. But, but God didn't give that specific instruction to Jehoshaphat. He, he, can't, he must have been led to do that. And it said that they, that they praised God. And, 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 and God said, go meet the enemy. And the Bible says when they started praising God, God set ambushes against the three uh, nations, the three people groups that were coming against them. And they ended up killing each other. In other words, when we start praising God, when the see, again, the devil wants to get us in fear. He wants to speak in the circumstances. What are we going to do? I can't believe this happened to us. I can't believe our church is going through this. Well, things happen. Are you listening? Yes. Good things happen and bad. Some bad things happen. That's where, where the crisis will test our faith. And so and so here he 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 gets a revelation that to bring bring the worshipers and they worship and the and we see that God allowed the the enemy to destroy themselves when when see the devil's his he he's hoping when you're encountering the problem in in prayer you're putting the problem first amen and then you're hoping that God's going to do it. you better put praise and worship first you better start ex- enlarging uh, the ability of God. We know this in, in, in Acts, and of course, what they did, if you know the story, it said that when they came to the enemy's camp, all this plunder was there, and it took them three days picking up the plunder. In other words, in other words there was all this stuff, treasures and all this. We see, what the enemy's trying, he's trying to strip us, but God's trying to bless us. The enemy's trying to take something away from us, but God's God is trying to get something to us. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And when we respond in the right manner and we start worshiping God, giving him praise, giving regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what the enemy just did, regardless. No, we're going to praise God anyway. We're going to church anyway. We're going to keep walking with God anyway. We're going to keep pressing in until we see the glory of God in this place. We're not giving up. We're not backing off. We're not leaving. We're staying in and we're staying fortified so that we can see the greatness of God in this place. Like I said, deserts make warriors. And sometimes some of us might be in a desert today where you are in training. You are being battle-tested. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I'm telling you I'm telling you people that don't have a testimony never had a trial <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. are you listening to what i saying today if you if you somebody well do you got a testimony no, not really are you even serving God <laughs> don't you ever go through anything no, not really you don't <laughs> well like what, what verse says if you're not going through something then you might be on the same plane as the enemy amen we don't in other words you might be compromising and 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 I'm telling you we don't compromise no we don't so we see here I'm closing here but it says here that that Peter and John was preaching the, the name of Jesus they they healed a guy and uh in the synagogue and, and, and it was all this great things and this and then the then the Pharisees came and arrested them and told them not to preach in, in, in Jesus' name. Do you remember that? This is in chapter 4 of Acts. And listen, it, you know, I understand this, that the government has mandates, you know, for COVID and all that. But, but in the long run, I'm going to say this, our constitutional rights trumps any kind of general mandates that the governor puts on. In other words, it's a separation between church and state. And, the, and, the, and I'm going to say this, the state can't tell me how I pastor my church. And the Constitution trumps any edict that the governor might put on. Because that, that trumps it, it's a separation, and, and there should be made no law to keep us from worshiping. And you say, well, you've got to obey the government in chapter 13. Well, listen, not if it trumps the law of God. Because if the law of God says go to church and the government said don't go to church, what are you going to do? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm going to obey God. And when the Pharisees were saying, hey, listen, uh, when the Pharisees were saying, uh, you can't preach in Jesus' name, Peter said, well, I don't know about all that, but I'm going to preach in Jesus' name. I'm not going to obey man. I'm going to obey God. Are you listening to what I'm, I'm Say, I'm going to obey God. See, I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. I'm here to preach truth. I stand on truth. I, I, I'm not going to. My preaching hopefully will bring you in some truth and liberty. Not, not keep, keep you hiding in a house. Hopefully you're getting more free and free and free. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man, I'm on my soapbox today. Glory to God. So it says here that, that when they prayed, they were released. And it, and it said that, and I'm just going to just go over there. I've I, I got to cut this down. It's in Acts 4, 23 to 31. And when Peter and John got back to their own company, you see, see, whenever you've been persecuted, the best thing you can do is get back into your own company. Whenever the enemy's coming against us, the best thing you can do is get back to church. Get back into an atmosphere of faith. Get your your faith built up. When the enemy's trying to knock us down, what we need to do is we need to get back together and allow corporate anointing to build us up. That's why when he says our father, it was not meant my father. It's our father because we're not just saved individually. We're saved as a body. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Our father, not my my father. Why? Because it's a corporate thing. You just don't run your faith by yourself. You run your faith in a pack. We're running a marathon, and there's people running with us. The church members are running with us. And every time they show up on Sunday morning, say, thank God you're still in the race. Thank God. What, what, What did you go through? I went through hell this week, but I'm here. You don't know what I've been through, pastor. But I made it. I'm here. Glory to God. The devil's been hitting me upside the head all week long. Amen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Anybody can relate. But you made it, you made it to the church. You, you, you just got to get to the word. You just got to get. You know, it was like people that, that wanted something from Jesus. They do anything to get to Jesus. And if you want something from God, you better get into the presence of God. Amen. You better get into a place, an atmosphere of faith that can build you up and help you to sustain until the following Wednesday or Sunday of the following week. Because between Sunday and next Saturday night, there might be some hell coming against you. I'm not prophesying it, but but we will suffer persecution. And if we're never being persecuted for our faith, then we may not be doing anything. If somebody's not talking about us, maybe we're not doing something right. Maybe the fact that somebody is talking about us, that we are doing something. Because I don't preach what you want to hear. I preach what you need to hear. Because I'm not here to tickle your ears, glory to God, so you can feel good. That was a good message, Pastor, and, I, and I, I feel good in my sin. I feel really comfortable in my sin. Boy, I don't have to ask God to forgive me. I don't have to get in his presence. I feel really good being lazy and slacker, and, you know, you really make me feel good about my, my sinfulness. I hope not. I hope, you, I hope I shake you a little bit. I hope some of you get a little nervous in the seat, especially if I start talking about hell. Like, oh, my God, I don't want to go there, man. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So so hopefully, hopefully when I'm preaching, I'm not preaching what you want to hear. I'm preaching what you need to hear. Why? Because I want you all being raptured when Jesus comes back. I want you all making it to heaven. And if some of you are thinking about backsliding or going back into the world or hanging out with worldly people, because they will influence you. Be careful with worldly people that don't know God because they have spirits that will, their spirits will try to get on you. The Bible says that Christians really don't really have real true fellowship with unbelievers. Amen. Amen. But you should, I'd meet somebody that's a believer and, um, and I don't know them, but I start talking to them about my experience. They start talking about their experience with God and like, we know each other. Oh yeah. You've been through that. I've been through that too. Glory to God. And you, and you still going to church? Yeah. And I'm still going to church, too. <laughs> I haven't given up on God. You haven't given up on God? Oh, good. And then, and then that brings unity, right? But some people are just throwing out the faith message. It doesn't work. Well, you came too late. It worked for me. I was broke, busted, and disgusted. I had a marriage fall apart. Glory to God. I had the country song. I lost the dog and the girl and the house. I was in a bad shape, but God brought it back together. I got a beautiful wife, beautiful family, beautiful home, beautiful congregation of loving people that I love and that love me. And I love you guys. I love you. I appreciate all you. Amen. Thank you for just, just being a part of my journey. Amen. I would do this even if you didn't show up. I'd still have the camera. Thomas would be back there. We well, have we have my mom here and John. Amen. What, what? Amen. But you're here, part of it. Amen. And hopefully, I'm inspiring you to keep moving for God. Don't quit. Don't give up on God just because there's a little bump in the road or even a bu- big bump. You know, I hit. I tend to hit potholes all the time. I hate it. But just because I hit potholes doesn't mean I stop driving. That, oh, that's it. That, that's the last pothole. I'm not going to ever drive my car again. No, we're going to hit some potholes in life. We're going to run into some things that we don't want to, but you've got to keep moving in God. You've got to keep moving. The Bible says, and I'm, I'm closing here, and I, I'm trying to get focused because we're going to do worship tonight. We're going to minister to the Lord. And uh, it says here in Philippians 4, 9. I'm closing here. It says, he says here Philippians 4, 4 through 9. This is still about prayer, about praise. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And, th- and this is uh, uh, Paul saying this. Again, I will say rejoice. So he's telling us to rejoice, like it says in Psalms. And then he says, let your gentleness be made to all, to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So he's saying here, you better be mixing thanks. Giving you better be mixing praise into your prayer life. You better be praising God, thanking Him, exalting Him when you first get up. And may, that might be the only. If you just do that, you're going to win. I, if you just praise God, Norville Hayes, uh, a a man that, that that traveled all over the world, a minister of God. He he God truly blessed him, and uh, he was a financial. He was financially blessed. He did business too. He was a multimillionaire. And God would tell him that, you know, he'd be worshiping God. And God would say, buy that piece of property. And, and, then, and then he would buy it. And then, the, uh, and then he would renovate it. And he would sell that property and make four or 500000 The Holy Spirit would have him stop. He said, buy that. Do this. Do that. And, wh- and then he said, he said, this all started happening when, when the Lord told him. He was going all around preaching on faith. And the Lord said, you don't know how to praise me. And the Lord said, if you learn to start praising me, I'll do amazing things in your life. And you won't even have to take up offerings. I will make sure the offerings come in. I'll make sure I will do things for you that you know not of. And so he started worshiping and praising God all the time. And all of a sudden people started doing things. Miracles started happening. I'm telling you, if you just praise God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? There's going to be amazing things that's going to happen. you. you believe that today? Start praising. Start worshiping him. And then he says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are, are, are just and pure, whatever things are, are lovely and whatever things are of good report, think on those things. And the God of peace will be with you. In other words, once we're done praising and then petitioning, what we need to do is keep our mind on all the good things that God is doing, all the good things he has done, he's doing, and that he's going to do. Are, did you receive it this morning? Did you receive this? I'm telling you, when we get into that place of gratitude, I'm telling you, we will expand the capacity of God's ability to bless us in greater ways. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just honor you today. And Father, you are the good, loving, heavenly Father, the merciful Father. Your mercies are renewed every morning. And I thank you, Father God, you're not looking at our past mistakes. You're not focusing on that in our lives. You're focusing on our present faith. And I thank you, Lord God, I believe that each one of us here is walking in full faith, full throttle faith, walking in love towards you and our brethren. I thank you for those that are watching online. I thank you for those that are here in the audience. Maybe you don't know where you've spent eternity. Maybe you're just unsure if you die today where you end up. Well, the Bible actually says that you can know for sure where you can end up. Amen. The Bible says that you can end up in heaven if you receive Jesus. And so by default, people that don't receive Jesus will end up in the other place in hell. And we don't want anybody going to hell. We want all to go to heaven. Amen. And so so you can make a decision and you can pray the prayer. Some call it the sinner's prayer. Some I call it the prayer of salvation. And you can pray this prayer. And this prayer is one of the most important prayers that you you need to pray to, to become born again. To get a relationship with God. So if that's you today. And you know you need God today. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I won't call you up. But I'll lead you in a prayer. Amen. Glory to God. And if that's you online. And you know you need to pray this prayer. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Just say this after me me in your heart. Say dear God. I believe Jesus. You died on the cross. For my sins. I believe. You were raised from the dead. For my justification. Today. Jesus. I receive you. As my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with the fullness of your Holy Spirit to overflowing with the gifts of the Spirit. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.